Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host of the Shine Online podcast and the CEO at Shine with Natasha, where I specialize in Instagram strategy and video storytelling. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know and share my best Instagram strategies with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest conversations, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Welcome to the show, Erin. I'm so excited to talk about all things CEO-ship, creators, scaling. It's been like a while since we like collaborated on our live and I'm just like excited to dive into everything. So thanks for I being know. on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I love doing podcasts and I love your content. And so it's just so fun when we get to talk. Yes, absolutely. So I want to kind of get a little bit of an overview of your journey before we like dive into everything. Mm -hmm. So like, where did you start and kind of where is your business now? We can kind of do the cliff notes because I know there's like a lot, like it's been a journey, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I started, okay. I'll take you just a smidge before I started. I was working at National Geographic in Washington, DC. I had won a contest uh, called the digital correspondence contest that National National Geographic was looking for their first digital correspondent. And so before now, like this season of my life, I really wanted to go into journalism, television, media, and be an on-air talent. And so I was doing this job. It was a great opportunity, but the experience wasn't like everything that I thought it would be. Um, Although it was great, I knew that deep down inside, I wanted to start my own you know, business after my contract had ended with them. So I was in DC for a few months after my contract ended and I was looking for jobs. I was like hustling, trying to find a job in media. Like I really started loving the digital space because both of my jobs after college, I couldn't get a job on TV. I kept getting these digital jobs, like be the digital reporter for our brand. And so that really opened Mm -hmm. me up to the power of like online storytelling, building an audience, you know, capturing, you know, people and audiences through storytelling and all these things. So I actually started Air On Demand in 2018, the summer of 2018. And it was in the form of a company that did video production for small business owners. So I was basically taking the skills that I had acquired in my previous jobs and like helping small businesses in Metro Detroit create what I call so-mercials, which were my little coin term for like social media commercials, because I just realized that so many small businesses weren't using their stories to their advantage. And I'm like, you know, you're trying to post all this stuff on social media, but you like your audience doesn't actually know who you are. So, um, so I started doing that and I was doing them for free. I was like 
going around the city, trying to find small, specifically small black owned businesses that I just had a connection with. And so after a while, like I started hating video production. Like I was doing a one woman show. Like I would show up. I was the producer. I was the filmer. I was the interviewer. I was the editor. I was doing this, these projects from start to finish. And it was a crap ton of work. So, um, I was just like, I can't do this. I'm not passionate about video. I really wanted to be in front of the camera. So then that's when I started my YouTube channel. I started my YouTube channel in December or like late, late November of 2018. And then my, like my YouTube channel just kind of sprouted and it took, it made my business take a different direction because my content was kind of different from like what I was actually doing. My content was what I was passionate about. Meanwhile, I was like doing these video production projects that I didn't really like to do, but I knew I was moving in in the right direction by working with small businesses and doing social media content for them. And so then like once my YouTube channel started and I was sharing like you know, how I was going through entrepreneurship. I was living in my parents' home. I was, you know, just kind of like trying to get my feet on the ground with entrepreneurship. And I just decided to start documenting it because I didn't see other women, specifically Black women, specifically young Black women doing that in the YouTube space. So I took advantage of that. And then I started my membership club, helping other small business owners, you know, um, create content and and market their businesses and brands. And then it just kind of has been evolving. So now I am, you know, I'm married, which is crazy because when I started, I was like dating my now husband. Um, I'm married. I have a home. My business is doing amazing. We have a membership club of almost 700 members who are small business owners who are just crushing it. And in my membership club, we teach all about like building your brand, building your business. We bring in lots of speakers and provide them so many resources. And now I'm about to launch a course called the Creator to CEO course, which basically is for content creators who are looking to take their content and turn it into a full functioning business. So I'm like giving away all of all of the information that I've acquired over these last three years. So it's really exciting. I'm just glad that, and I'm so blessed that God has like given me this platform and this opportunity to be able to help other people. So that's the cliff notes. Hard to believe. I know it's like a long story, kind of short, kind of medium. <laughs> we needed to know all of it. All those little pieces and bits, like that's what's got you to where you are today. And I feel like I was like hearing this like common theme of just like pivoting. And I'm curious, like, I feel like pivoting can be really scary and it can be really hard to differentiate. Like, am I making the right decision by completely changing track? And like, I'm just curious what was like maybe a common theme or something you've learned from those pivots. Is it like trusting your instinct? Is it that when you start to feel some type of way, you need to move away from it? Like, what were those seasons of pivoting or were they like really easy for you? Yeah, I would say they actually were pretty easy because I always say I follow joy. So like I use joy to be like my benchmark for whether or not I want to continue doing something. Because for me, even though like there are certain things about my business now that don't necessarily bring me joy, like I still, the big picture brings me joy. And so Mm -hmm. like, I'm able to really pay attention to how I 
feel when I'm doing certain tasks or when I'm doing, you know, things, I don't know, within my business that if I'm not feeling like, okay, this is part of the big picture. I can see myself doing this on a larger scale, or we can hire someone in for this part, but I love that part of it. Like then I'm out. So like with the video production, I was just, I called my mom one day and I was like, girl, this just ain't it. And she was just like, okay, well, let's like, what are we going to do? Let's figure something out. My mom is like my right-hand woman for business. And she just like, really, like, if I'm not feeling it, the, the great thing about like trusting, like feeling joy, it also comes with like that gut feeling. And I always mm-hmm. say like, my gut is my best business tool. And I, I really encourage entrepreneurs to lean on that because really on the inside we know like we know we're just a lot of times waiting for the permission to like either switch or or move forward in it or stop doing what we're doing and so a lot of it is like me experiencing joy or not experiencing joy and then also like really paying attention to my gut feelings Absolutely. And, and when you were kind of recapping all the things, you know, you're currently working on and that you've been doing in your business since all of those changes, like I could hear the joy. And when you talking about, I'm sure everyone listening can too. And I feel like I'm curious if you've seen this more and more in the space of, I feel like a lot of people that we look up to that we see as like, quote unquote, successful, a lot of people are kind of like almost start like building from the ground up again and like tearing everything down and kind of being like, I'm not happy. Like this Mm -hmm. wasn't working. And it feels like there's this like shift and change of like, instead of building what's working and running with it. And like that being that, that aim of success that we're looking towards, like, why can't we start from like a place of joy and happiness and fulfillment first? But I think another thing you do so well is like, you are like out there living life, not just with business, right? Like we can't rely on our businesses to bring us joy. So like, what are, what are your, what's your take on all that? Yes. I've seen a lot of people say like, oh my God, I've scaled to like seven, eight figures Mm -hmm. and I'm just not happy. Like I was actually happier in the beginning phases of entrepreneurship, but before I really had all of this stuff. And it's just really crazy that we get so consumed. And I think that that also shows how beautiful the journey is of like, that's actually the good part um, uh, is like creating something, you know, building something from the ground up. And I think it's just really encouraging to know that like those moments of, you know, when I was in my parents' home in the back room that they let me transition into my office and like all of these little moments that I had there as I was starting, I still try to bring that feeling into now because Once Mm -hmm. something starts getting old, that's when you start feeling like, okay, like this is just not it. And I've had those feelings in my business. Like, all right, like I need to be doing something different or something more. That's when I started the product. And that's when I was like, okay, let's do the course. And, you know, now I have other ideas for, you know, actually spaces to occupy and like physical spaces and like Mm -hmm. expanding the business in different ways so that I don't get bored you know um I think now in the day of like coaching and like flagship products and you know everyone's teaching and 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 it's very mentally draining and so you know you also have to like think about on a day-to-day you know I'm always making sure that I'm having some sort of balance in my life like I don't spend all day working I don't spend 
all day, like in my office or cooped up, you know, trying to finish projects. Like if it doesn't get done by a certain time, like I have to cook dinner for me and my husband. I have to like go for a walk and get fresh air. Like there are certain things that just, I have to know when to put a pause on business because it's always going to be there, you know? And so life, like life isn't, you know, life moves on whether you're moving with it or not. And so I really like take time to spend with family, go to my little cousin's basketball games. Like, and I think that that's why a lot of people also connect with me too, because I show that stuff in my content as well. Like I make sure that people see, you know, like life is, is, this is like what you're doing it for. And I think if you wait until you hit certain benchmarks to like actually enjoy life, then you miss the whole point of being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And I think like there's seasons of entrepreneurship. Like, as you mentioned, like I remember being in my, you know, hometown house and working away in my little office slash bedroom slash everything room and like right. just trying to make it work, like trying to figure it out, like trying to make it shake. Like there's those seasons, mm-hmm. but then like, once you get to like growing something that's like so much bigger than like what you started, you have to take care of yourself or it won't last. And you'll get to that wall where you'll be like, what was the point of all the hustle, all the, all that, all that, you know? Um, and it got me thinking about this bigger vision that you kept mentioning. And, um, I know it's like vision board season when we're Mm -hmm. recording this (laughs) and whenever you're listening to it, it can still be vision board season. Y'all you can do it now too. Vision board season. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so kind of walk me through, how do you create that bigger vision and that bigger goal? Because I think that can be sometimes like the piece that people are struggling with of like, really, what is all this for? Like, how can Mm -hmm. I really get mission driven to make those things happen and pivot and change and evolve in a way that's purposeful? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's like, mostly people have their business goals and their personal goals so separated that they don't realize how they can work together to make their livelihood actually be what they want. And so like people have these goals for their business, but then they don't know what that looks like in their actual day-to-day lives. So they may want to make a million dollars or make six figures in their business, but they haven't attached that to like a certain feeling or a certain thing that they are now able to do every single day or certain experiences that they can get to have in their lives. And so they have like their personal goals or like their personal desires, but then their business goals aren't rooted in those things. So you have to make sure that your business goals are rooted in the lifestyle that you actually are trying to create. And for me, that's why, like with my vision boards, like I always am very specific. Like I don't cut out pictures from like magazines and like, you know, random words. Like I am very intentional. So I start by writing down my goals. And these are goals that are like habits that I want to build or, you know, think like the way that I want to feel when I wake up in the morning. What do I want my routine to look like? Like I make very specific goals and then I, use those goals and like find pictures that match my exact goals. So like, even if I put like a meal prepped with like five meals on the, in the picture for the week, like 
it has to be stuff that I would actually eat. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that right. specific, like where I'm, I'm really trying to like, I really want to make sure that I can feel like what that looks like in my day-to-day life. So like, I think that that's the biggest thing when you're creating your vision. And it, it honestly doesn't even have to be in the form of a vision board. You just have to be clear on what your life's vision looks like. And then your business goals and all of those other segments of your life need to all fall under that. Um, and I think that t- for me, that that's how I've been able to grow my business is because I always have like this vision of like the life that I want in, in mind. And it it's not just materialism. It's like things that I want to feel and do, you know, as a woman now. So yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing. Absolutely. And I think that's so powerful. Um, I remember reading Rachel Rogers book, um, we should all be a millionaire. And um, one of the biggest takeaways I got from it of like, almost this like permission slip that she was writing for women of color, black women of like, it's okay to want these things, like say them, write them down and figure out what you need to do to make that your reality. Like it's not so far-fetched. And I think often like we sometimes haven't seen that in our lives, whether it's like directly in our family systems or Mm -hmm. in the spaces that we've, you know, grown into and marketing and social media. But I feel like kind of what you're saying is like really getting specific and like letting yourself see it because that's really how it's going to become your reality. Yeah. You have to like wholeheartedly believe that it's going to happen. And like, it's almost kind of like crazy, you know, when you think about it, because you're not, it's, it's unseen, you know, you haven't experienced Mm -hmm. it, but you have to like know in your heart that it's, it's going to happen and that it's happening. It's just due to some action that you have to take in order to see it in real life. You know what I mean? Like it's there. Mm -hmm. And for me, like with creating, um, my vision boards, it's like, you like, there's no dream that's off limits. And like you said, a lot of us just don't, we, we let our dreams be dictated by where we are now. And like, we don't think big enough. And that's when I first did my first real vision board in 2019. That's when I put, okay, I'm going to hit 50,000 subscribers on YouTube this year. And I, I had just started, like, I literally had maybe five or 10 subscribers when I did my vision board and I hit almost a hundred thousand subscribers that year. And it was, it was like, I felt that I was going to hit the 50 K when I wrote the goal down. And then I went through this phase of doubting and I was like, no, 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 maybe I should scratch it and do 25 K. And then my mom was like, no, keep 50 K. And so I did 50 K and like toward June of 20, uh, 2019, I was only at like, 19 or 20k and I was like okay I got to start doing two videos a day so that I can hit my I mean two videos a week so I can hit this goal by the end of the year Mm -hmm. and then by the end of the year I hit like 95k so it is crazy it sounds crazy when you haven't experienced it yet but I just want people to know that that's a good thing you know because that that pushes you to actually get to it you know so Absolutely. I feel like when you're thinking about like getting it, taking it off your vision board or that it's too big or too scary or out of reach, I feel like that is like a sign that, yeah, we actually need to keep that there and keep Mm -hmm. it as big as it is. 
<laughs> exactly. And I actually stopped putting the year on my vision boards because I'm mm. like, you know what? Like, if I don't hit it by the end of the year, it's not the end of the world, you know? Like, right. and, you know, everyone can do it how they want to do it. You can do quarterly or yearly or whatever. But I think, you know, you also have to not put too much pressure on yourself to where you're, you know, just. <laughs> You're going crazy. It's with the joy, right? Yeah. It should be fun and enjoyable. So absolutely. I want to talk a little bit more about like behind the scenes of your business now. First, I want to talk about working with family. I'm sure you probably get this question because I know I get it with Marlon, but I know you said your mom's a big part of your business. I know your husband is as well. So what is it like working with family? Like, has there been boundaries you've had to set is like, what was that whole process like? So I know that's something people are always kind of thinking of. It's like, what if it got this big that I could hire a loved one? Um, but of course it totally changes the dynamic of your business and that relationship too. Yeah. I would say judge character, like, like hire them for not because they're your family. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's really how it works for me. Like I'm not just hiring anyone just because they're my family and they're good at something. You know, I'm hiring them because they are skilled workers. They understand that I am the leader of the business. Um, they know their their place. And, you know, I think that it it just really boils down to having those conversations when there are things that, you know you just need to enforce. And sometimes those lines can get blurred. Like my mom is my mom, but she also helps manage my business. And so, you know, sometimes the lines can get blurred. Like I I have a very small example, but like when the top three notebooks came out, we were signing, I was signing the first hundred copies sold and the first hundred copies sold in minutes. So, you know, people who didn't order them right away, like they didn't get it, but like some of my mom's friends were ordering and some of her Mm -hmm. siblings and this and that. And I was just like, mom, like I can't sign your friend from college's book. Like she wasn't in the first hundred. Like, and my Mm -hmm. mom was just like, it was kind of like one of those mom moments where it was like, well, like kind of like I'm your mom, like, please do this for me, like do this favor for me. And I ended up doing it, but it was also kind of like a greater conversation of like, look, mom, like, if they really wanted it, like they should have purchased in the amount of time that would have permitted them to have it. Like just because, you know, like there, there's just a greater conversation that needs to be had when certain little things happen. And it sounds small, but when you nip stuff kind of in the bud early on, you don't find yourself in these catastrophic situations with family members where like your family ties are all jacked up because you let things fester and didn't have the courage to like, have certain conversations. So, you know, for the most part, like 99.999% of the time, there is nothing like my mom is super chill. Like she's so supportive. She just is incredible to work with, but I don't work with her because she's my mom. And she knows Mm -hmm. that like, I work with her because she's great at what she does. And so I think that that's like, ultimately what you need to hire for, like hire for roles, like make sure hire for roles and not just tasks. I always tell people that because you know, a lot of people will be like, well, I need a such and such. So they'll, they'll hire one person for one thing. And then really you could have been paying them to do three or four different tasks for your business. Right. And so you really have to make sure that you're hiring with great intention 
And then as for me and my husband, like it's so much fun working together. I mean, it, it, for us, it's more of boundaries of like, we can kind of tell like, all right, we're going out to dinner tonight. We're not talking about business. Like yeah. we're, you know, it's eight o'clock, like let's chill on the couch, watch a movie. Like we, we are not the type to like talk about business all day, but I think that that's a boundary that you have to set when you're married or in a relationship. Um, and you're working with your partner as well. Cause sometimes you can kind of fa- find yourself falling into these, you know, just very intense, um, moments of of talking about business a lot so just having you know striking some type of balance but overall it's great I love working with family because it's kind of like I get to spend more time with them but Mm -hmm. you know just seeing them in a different way Are you ready to step into your role as a true authority in your industry and really build your expertise to attract dream opportunities like speaking on stages, being on your favorite podcast, and really connecting with your ideal clients through successful launches? If this sounds like exactly what you need through this stage of growth and scaling for your business, I would love to invite you inside the Instagram Authority Mastermind, which is a three month mastermind to really help you grow and scale your Instagram strategy and your business. We talk about getting paid speaking engagements. We talk about how to create your own stage by really diversifying your content, doing your own summits, how to really master your Instagram launch content, sales, and really what shifts do you need to make on your Instagram to really make all of this happen. So you'll be coached by me through our monthly curriculum calls. You'll also have a community of women doing the exact same thing to support you and cheer you on and network with. And I've also, and I've also rallied up the best authorities in the industry to be your guest coaches inside the program. It is such an incredible experience and I would love to invite you to apply. Be sure to check out the link in the description and hope to see you inside. Now on to the rest of the episode. I feel like you gave such great advice that actually applies to like hiring in general of like of all the times to put on that CEO hat. That is the time to do it of like, it's not because I like so-and-so or because they did this or because they did that. Like, it's really about what you really need to get done. How can it be done to its best ability? Like, how are they as team members? Like, how are they contributing? How are they communicating? I feel like it's so easy as people to like feel the emotions of, Oh, but I just like really like that person mm-hmm. when it's like, you gotta, you gotta be that CEO and you gotta sometimes make really hard decisions. Yeah. Um, and I feel like those boundaries are just a really important part of any, you know, company culture, but especially with family. I know I had like a friend ask me, they're like, so like when you and Marlon are talking about work, like when you guys are in work hours, like, are you like his CEO? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm the boss. Like, that's just how it is. Like, we understand that we respect that we keep that boundary. And when we're not working, it's not like that we're, you know, our our normal selves. So I feel like having those boundaries actually makes it so much healthier for everyone versus when it's all blurred and you're just doing things out of feeling, you know? Exactly. And there's a book that I'm about to start reading called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming mm-hmm. Yourself by Nedra Glover Tawab. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, I haven't started it yet, but I've heard amazing things about it. It's not just for entrepreneurs. 
Um, but it's just for anyone who may struggle with setting boundaries and like enforcing boundaries in your life. Um, mm-hmm. I think it may be a great read. So yeah, just wanted to let Love you know. that recommendation. I want to talk about physical products. That is a big old monster to tackle, I'm Gosh. sure. So let us know, how did it come to be? And like launching it, I mean, you, it sounds like launch day was like uber successful. So like talk about adding a product into the mix because that's just like a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot, um, especially it being a physical product. Mm-hmm. So um, it was, it was, it happened naturally because the top three method just kind of took off on my channel through my vlogs. I would do it every day on this whiteboard and um, everyone just started gravitating to it. Like every day I was getting on Instagram and people were tagging me going to buy the whiteboard that I had and like writing their top three down. And I'm like, okay, there has to be something that we can do with this. And we went through a few different product ideas and then we landed on a notebook. Um, because I really wanted to like have a record of like all my top threes from the year and be able to kind of go back and look kind of like a little diary, like a task diary, I guess you can say. Um, and I did this method over the year that I did my vision board and I was blown away by like how just doing three tasks a day was, you know, like really just pushing the needle forward. So we decided to create the notebook. Um, I ended up hiring a production manager for the project because I knew nothing about creating a product. So I am the type who, if I don't know it, like I'm going to have to find somebody who does. So Mm -hmm. my sister had told me about this girl who had a planner company called Glamorous Planning. And I was like, okay, like she was in the Metro Detroit area. And like, I connected with her on Instagram. And then one day I asked if she wanted to go grab coffee. And so we ended up talking and I, she was giving me like a lot of insight about her process and like all the steps of finding a manufacturer, getting the notebook like designed and then printed and getting samples and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, okay, like, I know you don't do this, but like, can I just hire you to do this for me? And she was like, oh my God, yes. So now she actually like does this as a business. Like she helps people. Yeah, like she helps helps people create paper products. So like journals, planners, like things like that. Anyway, so yeah, so I brought her on board and she was great. Like she just like kept the production timeline very organized. She helped me through every step of the way. But for the most part, I just had to like, find a designer, get it designed. We went through several different versions of the design. Um, we got samples. Um, she actually passed along her, well, she used her manufacturing manufacturer for my products. So like with, with hiring her, like I was given access to her resources, which included her manufacturer, which saved so much time because finding a manufacturer is like, Mm-hmm. not easy <laughs> so um if anyone's interested her name's alexa settles on instagram i think that's her instagram name but i'll send it to you natasha if you want to put it in yeah. the show notes or anything but yeah she's great so that's pretty much like how it happened so i was able to like have her help me bring it to life and then we launched and i mean it was insane like we sold out so fast my house was full of top three notebooks <laughs> 
So after that, I was like, okay, our next order, I am not doing it here. Long story short, we ended up finding, well, we started um, reaching out to distributors, like, well, not distributors, but like fulfillment companies. Mm -hmm. So um, they could like do the orders, ship the orders, like the products will go to their warehouses, et cetera, et cetera. Girl, these places are so expensive. Like it would have cost us so much to use a like top of the line because I was like, I can't have like some craziness stuff going on, like bad customer service. Um, So it would have cost us top dollar and their warehouses weren't based in Michigan. So we wouldn't have even been able to see the products. Like Mm. I wouldn't have been able to go there. So we ended up finding another small business here in Metro Detroit area. And girl, it did not work. Girl, we had to go and get our notebooks, all of them. No. And they, we had to bring them back to my house. So I ended up like, we were like, we have to do something. So then that's when we got going on our office hunt because I was like, I cannot have all of these notebooks here. Like we want to like grow in the product area of our business, but I'm like, we need somewhere to put it. So um, we ended up finding an office space in December and we just moved in. So that's been exciting. But yeah, products are a lot it's just a whole different ball game, especially when it comes to customer service. I mean, sometimes like if someone's wire bends ever so slightly in their spiral, they're like, oh my God, like Aaron, can I get a new notebook? And I'm like, girl, if you don't bend that wire back, but, <laughs> but it's just like, it's so different, like handling customer service. I mean, yeah. obviously we're always very professional. I don't talk to my customers like that, but, yeah. um, you know, it's just, with, you know, there can be small little glitches in the products, you know, that we don't have any control over, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's fun, but it's definitely different, but I, I do recommend that everyone like try it out because, you know, it really, I think that the better, the more different types of businesses that you experience, the better you become at business all around. So I would definitely recommend trying it out. Do you have Uh, any like products in mind that you want to launch? I don't specifically. I do have a few like things of merch we've done for like clients and everyone's like, Mm -hmm. oh, where can I buy that? So I feel like we maybe had like a few things that we'd be interested in, but I know that would be like a whole beast of its own for sure. (laughs) But don't be intimidated. Like you said, if it's big, then that means you should do it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you never know. And I mean, then you can expand to an office space, which is so incredibly cool. I'm sure that was like a pretty fun journey comparatively to dealing with the, you know, the shipper routers. What are those called? Shipper routers? Yeah. Like fulfillment companies. Fulfillment. There we go. (laughs) So what was that like? I was like catching up on your videos. I'm like, this is so fun. So yeah, it was fun. I mean, yeah, it's just... It's just like another thing where it's just like, okay, we have to pay for this now. So that's fun. Um, But I'm very thankful that we're able to, you know, afford to pay for an office space. It's it's a huge milestone for us. And it's something that we want to continue like expanding on. And eventually I would like to have a team like work in an office, like an air on demand office. Um, Just because like, I do kind of miss that like workspace camaraderie. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we like found a few places that we had like a list of things that we wanted, like within a certain radius of our house, like within, you know, um, has like a private entrance for us to like move products. Like we didn't want to have to like go down a long hallway and like, you know, you know, be lugging you know pallets full of stuff um yeah so we wanted like certain things we really wanted it to feel like lofty high ceilings you know so Mm -hmm. we actually found an office that checked every single box which was so great so um yeah I have a whole office series on my channel and I have a whole product um series on my channel too like that shared more of my product you know, business building journey, if anyone is interested in that. And I have links to um, Alexa and all of that information. So I can send you that too as well. But yeah, finding the office was fun. It's just, it's just something else to maintain. That's the only thing I'm like, but I think it'll be good for us to, you know, get out of the house, get up, like get dressed, Mm -hmm. go to the office. And I think it'll create more of a work life separation because right now home does really kind of feel like work um which I'm not that much of a fan of so yeah I know it's like you get really excited to have your own office at how at your house one time and then you're like oh well I'm like here all the time for everything (laughs) (laughs) I know and it's so many distractions at home I mean it's it's a blessing to have my own office because I was working out of my parents home so it's nice to have my own office but I'm like, okay, I got to get out of this house. I just got to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I feel like you probably inspired a lot of people, which I think is just the really cool part of being a content creator and being a business owner and like creating these different things to show people that it's possible. So I'm sure everyone's going to want to watch all those things, access all the links. And I'm just curious, what would be your advice? Because of course your, you know, your course is all about this creator to CEO of like, how do you go from being a content creator, kind of just using social media to create content and build a community to then like really stepping into that entrepreneur CEO role? I mean, there's so many different ways that you can monetize your community. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's influencer brand partnerships, there's physical products, digital products, there's services. I mean, there's so many opportunities. Where do you recommend people start if they're like, okay, I'm inspired. I got my vision board out. Now, where <laughs> do I go? <laughs> yeah, I think it is definitely a loaded question just because like you said, there are so many yeah. avenues that you can take. I always encourage people when they're like, when they want to be a content creator and then transition their, basically their creativity into a business. I always recommend like focusing on building a strong community first. And I think that's where I really hit the nail on the head with starting Aaron on Demand is that I was like really focused on like building this community and it doesn't have to be a huge community. And that's Mm -hmm. like a big misconception. There are people who are like, who have way more followers than me and don't make probably as much as I do with having my business. But then there are people with way less followers than me who make more than me. So it's just like, you know, you just never know like what, you know, you kind of got to figure out like what you want your business to look like. But the first thing to me that is important to do is building community. And that really just looks like, people who are really engaged with your content, 
getting in a content flow where you feel comfortable with what you're creating um, and not asking for the sale so early on. Like if you're just starting and learning a skill, like let that be your like anchor for right now. Like let that anchor your content, like share with people like how you're developing. Um, And I think that like a lot of us try to kind of skip the line when it comes to starting a business and like creating content around what you want your business to be, because we just like are so ready to get the results that, that really the results are rooted in all of these like small steps that we have to take, you know, early on. And so, yeah, for me, it's just about like creating that sense of community with your audience. And then also just taking, um, taking like your services seriously, like figuring out, um, or I should say this experimenting. Um, I think that a lot of us like also want to skip the step of like experimenting with our businesses and like testing out like do I like this do I not like this and that's what I had to do like I was testing out the soul marshals and I decided I didn't like it and I was like well no one really knows that I actually do this that much so like let me just pivot Mm -hmm. and like do something else let me try something else let me try YouTube let me try you know all of these different things and that's like experimentation that is so invaluable because now you have data. And like when you have data, you can actually start a business that you know people want. And for me, like I could see, okay, certain videos get certain traction. Certain questions are always coming in. Certain, you know, I'm doing these polls and this is what people are seeming to have the most conflict with or the most challenges with. Um, These are the types of content that people don't really like to see from me or love seeing from me, or, you know, this is what I really love to create, like collect data based on your content. Don't just create content just to be creating content. And so mm-hmm. when you create the data, I mean, when you collect data and start to really see like certain trends and ebbs and flows of your content, then you can start the business that, you know, people are going to be waiting for, you know, and they're expecting for you to come up with. And a lot of times people will tell you, like when I was coming up with the top three notebooks, like people were messaging me, like, do you have an app for this? Do you have a notebook? Like people didn't know what I was going to come out with because I was getting so much data from people of like what they wanted. And so we have a lot of other ideas in mind as well, but even for the membership club, it was like, people needed help. Like they needed more help. I would, it didn't matter how much YouTube information I was putting out. They still wanted more. And that's mm-hmm. when we decided, okay, let's do a membership club. Let's give people hour long lessons. Let's give them resources in there. Let's, you know, ca- like give them more of my time. Um, so they can ask more questions and things like that. So, you know, I think the more you create, the more data you can collect, and then you can start a business that actually makes sense for you and for your audience. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And I feel like there's such this like desire to get a certain amount of followers or make a certain amount of money and to just grow, 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 which of course is like great aspirations to have, but there really is like a process. I mean, I just always think about like plants and gardening, like you can't Mm -hmm. plant a seed and then it just pops out and you have like broccoli. Like that's just not how it works. Like it has to grow. Like you have to have the root system and it has to grow as little stalks and leaves and all those types of things. Because then when you get to that next stage, 
you don't have the foundations, you don't have all that data and you don't have that community, which is something that doesn't happen overnight. And I know you've seen similar spurts of like really big growth. Like I'm sure when you collaborated with girl boss and I know you spoke on YouTube, small biz day, like Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities you've had where like, you've seen really big spurts of growth in like your own Mm -hmm. community, but it all comes back to like, that those original core people that like watch all your videos that comment Mm -hmm. that reply to your stories that you know all those types of people that's like what builds a community and not just a following because that's like what's really going to support your business no matter where you go you know Mm -hmm. and that's what like businesses want they want to know that you have some sense of community and you understand who your audience is and even for me like we are starting to get like more businesses who want to speak in my membership club and my membership club is nowhere near as big as my youtube audience or my instagram audience but Mm -hmm. they know that like this is a hot community in terms of like these are hot leads you know like if we come in here like they already have buy-in and excuse me if i'm speaking a little too businessy but like It's just that community is so powerful. So like, I just really encourage people to focus on that, like focus on connection and community with your audience. And and before you know it, the business is going to come to fruition. If if you have your eyes and ears and and everything peeled toward like thinking of certain business solutions and, and, and problem solving for your audience, like the business is naturally going to come. So, and that's really what my course is about is just like helping people make that transition and to like really understand, you know, what business actually means from a content creator's perspective and like how to run it, how to, you know, or stay organized, how to organize your content, how to manage a team, like how to know when it is time to hire Um, what do brand deals look like, you know, going through all of the influencer marketing part of it, because that's also a big part of, you know, being a content creator today is, you know, brand deals and in partnerships. So it's just a really rich course. Um, I have my attorney in there, my bookkeeper slash manager in there, my copywriter, like everyone who has played a part in building Aaron on demand is featured in this course, which I think is so cool too, because I just also want people to know that like, I don't do this by myself. Like it, it is, mm-hmm. it is a team effort. And, you know, of course, in the beginning, like I am building brick by brick by myself. Um, but it's so much easier to build a house when you, you know, you're, you're building it with multiple people who are good at different things. And I, you know, I know that in that beginning stage, it's hard because you're wearing all the hats and that is okay. And that is normal. Um, And I think that when you push to just like, also know that hiring is not going to be the most comfortable thing. Like at some point you're going to have to hire uncomfortably a little bit. Like you may not be at certain numbers or certain revenue right now, but like when you hire, it should be looked at as an investment because hopefully who you hire is going to help you make more money. So, you know, sometimes hiring is a, a little leap of faith, but I try to encourage people that like, you don't have to pay, like you can, have contractors you can have people you can set the budget and then you can let people know like okay I have 250 dollars 
for four hours of work a week, you know, I mean, for four hours of work a month, I just need you to answer emails and schedule these posts that I've already created. You know, like you can set the, the standard or the boundaries or the, you know, the role and you should. So um, I'm so excited. I think that this year is going to be so great for Aaron on Demand. And I just really encourage, you know, new entrepreneurs to, to keep pushing along because, you know, a lot of times we're just on the brink and, you know, it's just, it just takes that extra little push to, to get to where you're trying to get. So. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And I am so excited to see how your business flourishes this year. So much to be excited for. And I know you inspired some of the listeners today. So thank you for sharing all your wisdom, some of the behind the scenes, and definitely let everyone know where they can connect with you. Check out your YouTube channel, Instagram, all the places. Oh, thanks for having me. I love talking about this stuff. I can literally talk about this all day. We could have went on like a whole other hour. I had more (laughs) questions. I had more, Um, maybe a part two coming up. (laughs) Yeah, I would love that. Um, my everything is Aaron on demand. So E R I N on demand on Instagram, on YouTube, my website, Twitter, everything is Aaron on demand. Perfect. Oh, and, and my course is at yes. the, it's the creator to CEO.com. Right now there's a wait list. I don't know when this will be going up, but either way, the link will either be the wait list or it'll be the link to the course. So you can find Perfect. it there. Awesome. We will have all those links that you mentioned in the show notes. And thanks for spending some time with me today. Thanks, Natasha. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you loved the gem shared. Be sure to check out any of the important links I mentioned in the episode show notes. Don't forget to follow the show to be the first to know when our next episode airs. If you loved what you heard, I'd so appreciate it if you left us a review as it really helps support the show. I love seeing your takeaways from the episode over on the gram, so be sure to tag me in your stories at Shine with Natasha. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh,